This is Music in Motion, a podcast looking at how music moves us through our lives, forward, backward, and everywhere in between. Produced by the crew at Kilo FM and KRXP FM in Colorado Springs. Subscribe to this series to follow along as we journey through the music of our lives. And welcome to Music in Motion. Hey, I'm Crowley, and I have with me uh, Sean and Kate. And hey, if you like this episode, don't forget to like it. Subscribe to our podcast and get on our socials and let us know what you think, what soundtracks you've enjoyed in your life. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome to it. Hi. Here we are in the X1039 studio. Yep, shooting uh, a movie of ourselves doing this, <laughs> no less. We have a budget of a million dollars. A million pennies. <laughs> We're going to blow it all on fake blood. So. so we thought um, we would tackle movie soundtracks as the, uh, and on, I got to be honest, I had no idea the Oscars were happening this weekend, this coming weekend, correct? I feel like I'm always surprised by when the Oscars show up. They're usually in February, right? Okay, that's what I thought. Like, like aren't they the same okay. time as like the Grammys and all of that, right? But every, everything's messed up. My mom used to right. make a special dinner for the Oscars every year. And we used to make a big deal of it. Your whole family is a nerd. It's yeah. like a nerd family. But I will be honest, my kids love watching the Oscars and stuff, too. So I am not a big award show person, but I, I do like the red carpet, like the dumb interviews on the red carpet. True enough. The uh, what, like, Do you have a favorite that you can think of? A red carpet moment? Because <laughs> um, I can tell you mine right now. It's Trey Parker and Matt Stone oh, when they were tripping on yes. acid and they wore Jennifer Lopez dresses Yeah, to the well, you didn't even have to watch it in that moment. Like, it, yeah, no, no yeah. that is so That good. got replayed no, plenty. Other than that, no. So, I, I, I mean, I watch every single award show ever. Um, I never see any of the movies, but I watch because... When John Travolta said Adele Dazim when introducing Adina Menzel, I was so happy that I saw that live. And then when they mixed up the Oscar Best Picture, I saw that live. I was like, this is why I watch it. Because when you watch it later, it doesn't have the same Mm -hmm. meaning. You're hooked in. It felt like when the lights went out at the Super Bowl that one year of like, (laughs) I'm really pleased to be a part of this. We waste so much of our lives just just hoping some so, kind of 30 second moment happens like right. that. my favorite thing to do during award shows is tweet yeah Naturally. i think tweet t- tweeter hi i'm 50 <laughs> i think i think twitter is the real place to hang during an award show okay oh yeah um but let's get back to movie soundtracks because that's what we thought we tackled we got on the subject of oh my god the oscars are happening this weekend oh my god i had no idea that was even happening wait what movies are even in, like, right? what movies happened? I don't know. We didn't even have the movies, I, you know? I don't even think it makes a difference because I feel like maybe since, like, uh, The Return of the King was nominated, like, <laughs> I, I see at best one of the Oscar Best Picture nominees by the time the Oscars roll around, well, if that. Usually none. I've seen one, okay? And I, I can tell you right now, obviously, I know that three of them are streaming. I don't know about the other ones, so I'm just going to name them. Um, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. So uh, those are all the movies for Best Picture. I've only seen uh, Nomadland. That's all. I've not seen any of the other ones. I've heard that Sound of Metal and The Trial of the Chicago 7 are really good. Mm-hmm. But I've not seen them. So, I uh, want which to is see Which is weird because I pay for whatever 
eight streaming services I possibly have on my TV right now, I could probably watch any one of these, and I'm not. I, I'm still like, just rewatch so the let's Simpsons. put Shit's yep. Creek on, you know, or whatever. Hey, what's what's new with Twin Peaks this week? I've, <laughs> right, exactly. I've only seen The Office a thousand times. Got to watch right. it again. Um, but we all started talking about our favorite movie soundtracks and all of that out of all of this. And so here we are. So, um, yeah. So let's do that. Let's tackle it. Right. Who wants to kick it off, Sean? You have, like, when we brought I this up. I I was going to say. <laughs> soundtracks. Let's, this uh, podcast took a turn if we're going to talk fetishes. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, but I'm, no. um, I love movie soundtracks. Yeah. When, when we got, we brought this up, you were like, mm-hmm. your face was just like, yeah. like, hey, do you want to meet Henry Rollins? Uh, as if that. Coming up again. <laughs> Second week in a row. He's so. an official, like, ex- he's an official, unofficial Look, member of our podcast. I, so. I come from a huge era as, like, my childhood of soundtracks, of movie soundtracks that own the airwaves or that were just you know, platinum. And so I think I was, you know, raised on soundtracks. It's also how I have discovered music, different types of music over the years. Um, so should I dive in? Cause we thought we'd list like our top soundtracks, right? Is that yeah. what we're tackling? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to name one of my top ones and then I'll just let you guys, cause I could go on and on and I guess we can rotate around. Um, but let's start with the golden one. American Graffiti. Oh, George Lucas. Um, Look, all right. In the 70s, people were obsessed with the 50s, kind of like people are obsessed with the 90s now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, American Graffiti comes out. Uh, My parents are obsessed with it. They were kids, teenagers in the 50s. And so this is like, whoa, they're, you know, blowing up our childhood on on a movie. Um, but you have a you know young Ron Howard in that. Um, the soundtrack though is a it the soundtrack the way we had it or I still have it is on vinyl. It is a double gatefold. It op- you open it up and my brother has the tattoo has a tattoo of the insert of the <laughs> of the album. Interesting choice of tattoo. It's a waitress on roller skates oh, okay. in front of Mel's diner. I and thought, I thought yeah. it was going to be like the listing of the song titles and their lengths. Well, he may, he may go that far because he's a sucker for American Graffiti just like I am. Uh, we grew up on it. And so it's all like 50s music, uh, top hits. Um, but with that, the best part of this soundtrack and he's also sort of like a centerpiece in the movie is Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack is the voice between songs Ooh. and this soundtrack. And so as a kid, I was just taken with Wolfman Jack and like, how do I do what Wolfman Jack does? How do I become Wolfman Jack? Nobody could will be Wolfman Jack, but I'm just saying. So there you go. There's my first, you know, soundtrack love, American Graffiti. And uh, the, if you don't know it, go back and check it out because it's so amazing. Plus, a great thing about that movie, it's the only movie of George Lucas's he hasn't gone back and added CGI to. So. <laughs> 
that I know of. Yeah, the wreck in the end, that was real. Uh, yeah. There so, was anyway. that moment when Ron Howard pulls out a lightsaber, but... Well, and I didn't even mention, um, speaking of George Lucas, that Harrison Ford is in it. And Harrison Ford is the uh, handsome sort of rebel racer guy. Oh, wow, really playing against type there. <laughs> but, yeah, he's sort of a cowboy guy, too. So, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, what about you? Well, I want to jump on that real quick. Not one like, I guess it was one I grew up on, uh, but it was interesting. The 50s nostalgia, which kind of continued 20 years or so after that with the Forrest Gump soundtrack, uh, which obviously featured like a lot of really classic 60s, tracks. Right. 60s, yeah, 70s. For sure, yeah. uh, I remember that one being a huge deal, and it's like. Baby boomers, man. They just keep like they keep sucking up all the the nostalgia oxygen in the room. Like it's all theirs. (laughs) And they do have some of the best music though. I mean you can't deny that of our parents. Can't deny that. So uh but speaking of the nineties, I gotta mention the Crow soundtrack. Yes. So I mean, as a you know, a disaffected youth in the nineties, like that movie just you know, if you've got a little goth streak in you, like it's just it's it's like heroin for people that are like going to have an opiate problem where it's just like (laughs) I yeah I definitely dressed up as the crow for several years for Halloween after that do you have evidence of that that we can use to this podcast of course not Facebook didn't exist then thank goodness (laughs) your mom's camera did she didn't she was ashamed I was like 13 by then do you think I was going to let my mom take a picture of me in my Halloween costume when I was 13 When I was already too old to be doing Halloween shit. Probably because free candy. Okay, all right. Um, anyway, back to your better than, yeah, yeah, the crew better, is awesome. Better than free candy is like this this goth ass, like super dark. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, first of all, I just got to mention Nine Inch Nails covering Joy Division's Dead Souls. Mm-hmm. Like, get out of here, dude. Come on. <laughs> like, a perfect combination there. And just like, it's so dark. Uh, but also, there's so many cool moments in there. Uh, the band Medicine actually is in the movie. They're the band playing right. in the bar right. um, and like getting like finding that out got me into the band medicine um, there's a lot of like the thing that's really cool I find like about a lot of soundtracks too is how many original songs that bands will record for them that become huge hits that you just sort mm-hmm. of take for granted like right. uh, Stone Able Pilots Big Empty right. uh, was recorded for that movie even though like it would appear on Purple later but like and everybody probably associates it with the album Purple but like it's big Not because really. of that. I don't think so you know, man. Think, no I think a lot of people associate it with The Crow. No, there you go um, and it just you know uh, here you go like just uh, here's let me just throw this song in for this soundtrack and it becomes one of your biggest hits in your entire career so uh, but I, like, I don't think it, also I just want to say as far as the business side of it you know uh, I'm not sure how many bands have to do this but I know that in some instances with new bands their labels will pay oh, for yeah. them to be featured on a movie soundtrack or a game or a video game or whatever and it's just such a huge huge exposure it was kind of like the know? original spotify playlist of like sure, you yeah, know for uh, sure like getting yeah, set really up nice thank you i just <laughs> thought of that i didn't even have that one prepared <laughs> I'm so insightful in the moment. Andy, impressive. Um, I also want to note that the Rollins band did a cover for the band Suicide. They did Ghost Rider, right. which is about the Marvel Comics character. Henry Rollins band? Henry Rollins band. 
Make sure my man. That's why we've got him in here because he's going to get mentioned every every podcast. Somehow, somehow Hank makes it into every podcast. We're going to find a way. So, uh, but like that was how early in comic book movies that was, where yeah, like eh, let's just put a song about a totally different character from a totally different company on this sound. It's fine. It's comic it's books. Fine. It's whatever. So it's all superheroes. Yeah, the, in the nineties. The 90s were just peak for soundtracks, in my opinion. Oh, dude, so many good um, ones. Yeah. I will so. be talking about the craft soundtrack later. So, All right, Kate, uh, but let me we'll see my time. Yeah. yeah. Kate, hit it up. What do you got? <laughs> You're ready to go for this. Um, <laughs> just go ahead, no, just, just give me a close up here. No. Just do a zoom. Kate, okay, I turned it I to wanna, you because no. I was like, I have nothing. <laughs> I want to toss in that Kate was going to not do this podcast with us because uh-uh. she was like what do I have to add and she popped in in our conversation and proceed well okay I'm a huge musical fan first of all what? so does that count oh I had I no mean, idea <laughs> so hey you don't talk about it all the time most of my movie like soundtracks are musicals that were made into movies so I listen to like you know the Chicago soundtrack all the time. The In the Heights soundtrack is coming out on June 11th, which... I saw that, yeah. That's about to be one. Right. Um, so, like, a bunch of musical, Sound of Music, that one. But do musicals count? That's what I'm wondering. Okay, do musicals count as soundtracks? Grease, great. But... <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. Okay, but it also got me thinking if I can add a uh, millennial perspective into this, sure. like the the late '80s and '90s uh, Disney movies. Like yeah. I still, I'll yeah. drive around in my car, going to and from work, and I'll be playing like Prince Ali from the Aladdin soundtrack from 1990. What like wasn't that like? As a parent of people your age, um, <laughs> I know all of those movie soundtracks very yeah. well. So, yeah. Hercules, Lion King. Amazing. Dude, the Lion King. King was the biggest deal. Tarzan. Well, it's Elton John. And- Elton freaking oh, yes, John, yeah. Tim Rice. Yeah. That movie, like everybody had that Lion King soundtrack in well, there. And, and Tim Rice was uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's... Uh, lyricist for mm-hmm. all his, all of his musicals, so it all right. just that's the crazy thing about Disney soundtracks is like they're just kids' movies, right? Mm-hmm. But they get this insane talent to create these soundtracks, right? Like uh, Tarzan. It's called money. That's Tar- exactly what I was gonna. They're just kids' movies that make a bunch of money, half a billion dollars. <laughs> like, all right, our budget is one million dollars. Shocking, Disney. The, we can, can Disney that they're gonna merchandise the shit out of it and just. <laughs> The Tarzan soundtrack, though. Okay, this is the one. Phil that Collins, me. like, right? He okay. It's kind of weirdly like resurfacing resurf- right now that he just went like ham for that soundtrack. There's a bunch of stuff that's like, all right, like a, there's a TikTok. It's like, okay, Phil, it's just a kids' movie. It's just an animated movie about a guy that lives in the jungle. You don't have to. You don't have to go so huge with this. And then what he turns in is just like. <laughs> like the heavens have opened but up. Why would somebody at the level of Phil Collins not go next level? I know. Like, what did they think? What are you trying to tell right, Phil Collins to like tone it down? It's like, what? Are you serious? And he's already <laughs> doing the drum riff from in the air <laughs> oh, tonight. He's yeah. like, oh. or no more, yeah. no more, no more. <laughs> No more. I don't want to go no full 
circle here, but, <laughs> but if I recall correctly, wasn't it Matt Stone and Trey Parker that like made fun of Phil Collins oh, for yeah. like a full season because he beat them at the Oscars? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is that what they, was well, it for the Tarzan all, soundtrack? Right? Oh probably. my god, probably. Yeah, it was at Time Arrow, so that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a, oh, well, here we go. Another amazing soundtrack is South Park Bigger, Dude. Better, Uncut. Dude. I'm not kidding. We used to, I was 10 years old listening, blaring that soundtrack from my room. <laughs> my mom, we were the last, like, kids in our, you know, yeah. in our family, and so she didn't care right. by You're that time. Uncle, but, right. <laughs> uncle Effort. <laughs> yeah. That I didn't one, even say it. Um,. The Miss uh, Kyle's mom. Kyle's mom's a great bag. Yeah, that one. You do come from an era of like really different soundtracks. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, exactly. Um, one of my go-to soundtracks in college was the Social Network soundtrack, uh, which yeah. is so, but like, it's so good. Nothing. Like, I know, but it's like is. nothing. But <laughs> it like, is I didn't need Adderall in <laughs> college to do my homework. Like, I just listened to that soundtrack all the time when I was studying, and Did, it just zoned me in for some reason. But you're also a huge Trent Reznor fan. Right. Yeah. Did that suck you in, like, because you knew that, or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. were you like, oh, he did this, I, mean, so I want to hear it? Obviously a bias, yeah. Uh, my, I mean, my brother listened to it, um, and he's the one that told me, like, you have to listen to this. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, for the social network? Really? And then I saw that Trent Reznor... Did it? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll love it. I'll I already s- did before I heard it. I'll say this: like movie scores, not the soundtracks, but ju- that just have the the music, like the the underscore music of the movie, like perfect for studying to or doing mm-hmm. like creative work, like uh, or even I used to fall asleep to the Braveheart soundtrack like nightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that shit is so relaxing and just you know I'm in Scotland. I'm right. gonna, I'm you know. Can and you, for me, like, haven't for gotten my, drawn and quartered yet. For my age, that goes straight to the good the bad and the ugly uh, and it's you know i mean come on yeah come on wow i was, was i was real good. worried i wasn't going to be able to pull it up like, oh, well i want to talk about um the soundtracks that actually either turned me on to new music or like sucked me into just something you know different in mm-hmm. my life and um, I'm going to name two Repo Man uh, from 1984. Uh, Emilio Estevez, <laughs> obviously, star in that movie. But the soundtrack is uh, 100% um, like this is everything I love about punk rock, right? So you had suicidal tendencies. Um, it maybe was the first time some people heard institutionalized. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, back to Black Flag, um, Iggy Pop, which by the way, happy birthday today, Iggy Pop doing the actual, uh, theme song, Repo Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, it had Fear on it, which is like my, one of my favorite punk bands of all time. Um, but that, the, I can't, I can't go on and on and on enough no, about the Repo Man soundtrack. I, if don't... you want somebody to, if you want somebody young and you want to turn them on to 80s punk rock, like early 80s punk rock, you just give them that soundtrack. And then from there, they'll just like get sucked into this whole other world. You know what I mean? From a soundtrack, but also make them watch the movie because oh, that'll God. help too. That'll, yeah, that'll help too. So I got to see it when it was released in theaters in um, the town that I lived in, in Pullman, Washington. Uh, Washington State University was uh, sh- was showing it in the student film, you know, whatever theater. And so we went to see it and I was like, this, this is changing my life. This is it. I, I wanted to be 
like Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted, I cut my hair, I buzzed my hair, did the full like everything. Auto. I did, yeah. I don't know what it was. I just related to Otto so much. Oh man, that uh, like uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. Was that the first punk rock soundtrack? Um, no, I don't. I, I, that would have been. I know the there first. were a bunch around that time. I know we'd already talked about like suburbia and everything. Yeah, there's. And I know. Yeah, but I don't think it would be considered the first punk rock. I was going to say, I'm trying to think if there was another one before that, but I didn't there prepare. Are, there are other okay. punk rock movies that came sure. before that. Yeah, I guess Rock and Roll High School, duh. Yeah. <laughs> duh. Um, yeah, there's others. We could do a whole punk rock soundtrack episode, actually. We honestly could, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so anyway, that's, that's where I'm going to stop there, because I could go on and on. For real, everybody watch Repo Man. But was there... A soundtrack that, other than The Crow, that brought you into discovering new bands and a new sort of way of living or, Um, you know, changed your life in that way? I can say. Or did The Crow do that? I started doing witchcraft after I saw The Craft. And I don't know. I started calling the corners. I just had this, like... I just had this weird vision of you, like being witchy, like sure. Stevie, like a Stevie Nicks teenager, like a swamp or something. Witch. Like I had to just totally stop for a minute and go, "He's joking." I did start wearing, yeah, a lot of flowing dresses back then, and <laughs> there's um, there are a couple soundtracks that did. Um, it was my first introduction to some of like the biggest alternative songs ever from like the you know the eighties, the nineties. One of them, of course, is Garden State because oh, that yeah. introduced uh, me to. A lot of songs that I had never mm-hmm. heard before. I the first time I ever heard about the Shins was in that movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What?" And then that was the first time Zach Braff ever heard about the Shins too. It is, so, yeah. I, we were one on headphones the same worth page anyway. There. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that soundtrack introduced me to just a lot of that kind of music. And then another one was actually the movie Five Hundred Days of Summer. That's the first time I ever heard a couple Pixie songs. Mm-hmm. Neat. Um, uh, Regina Spector, Us, mm-hmm. that song. That's Ooh. the first time I ever heard that. So that movie is filled with just some of the, you know, the alternative songs that you should know. But because yeah, I didn't really start educating myself that much on alternative until probably late high school. Right. I heard some of those songs for the very first time ever. And it's not music my parents would have listened to or anything like that. And so those soundtracks actually did kind of teach me a little bit about some of the bands that I should know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I'm trying to think of what else was on the Garden State soundtrack. It was like... Uh, Iron and uh, Wine, Sneaker I think. Pimps right? was, on, was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, was Iron and Wine on it? Yeah, I feel Iron like they were, yeah. Probably. So, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, but that helped you sort of branch out in your music, yeah. musical taste. And too. then the first time somebody asked if I knew who the Shins were, I was like, yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't I? Right? Duh. That was like, yeah, exactly. That's kind of like what Repo Man did for me, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll throw some love to the Lost Highway soundtrack because mm. that was a big deal for a. Like, it's always interesting when there are those movie soundtracks that are so much bigger than the movies right. they were from. For sure. Uh, Judgment Night, anybody? Mm-hmm. I've never seen that movie, but, <laughs> like. First of all, that's a new one in this whole conversation, right? Rap metal should have been that and mm-hmm. not Lip Biscuits. Just <laughs> like, dude, Helmet and House of Pain, like Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill. Come on, 
Again, like the, there's just some like that era, I think, of soundtracks mm-hmm. that just housed so much greatness. But I do I want to do want to go back to the craft because there yeah, was Yeah, let's talk the craft because I could go I could go head to head with you on this one. Right. Well, and there's like so the cool thing about that one, it was a lot of covers on that album. So, not only did it introduce me to some of the bands that were performed on there, but also like the bands that were getting covered. Mm-hmm. Like that was the first time I ever heard a cover of the Smiths because that went uh, was it Love Spit Love that did How Soon Is Now? Yeah. Which later became the Charmed theme song, obviously. Uh, but I'd never heard the Smiths until that I moment. I don't know that. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> it was always the on like TBS. The only people I know that love Charmed are dudes. I've never seen it. It just, I would always catch that opening, you the opening theme. You watch Charmed. Don't lie. I see. I saw it like Look once when I was at it. someone's house. Like, you know, they were Alyssa making me watch Alana, it. Don't watch it. Uh, yeah. You are a liar. You are a hundred percent liar. I've never watched Charmed. But also, it's got letters to Cleo covering the cars, yes. which is just a, a sentence you don't ever expect what to say. The craft did so well is use those songs though to create a mood in, mm-hmm. in so many of the scenes, a complete mood, Abs- and, and a mood change because that movie is built on that, like that from scene to scene. Uh, the moods either like escalate or get really dark or comical, but it's just like boom, 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 boom. It's like one after the other that's, with the craft. That's true. Like it, like it felt like the music got darker as the movie went along. Like yeah. especially because you open up with like a Beatles cover. So yeah. like uh, of all things, uh, by Our Lady Peace, dude. If nothing else, too, <laughs> like so. Distinctly '90s. Uh, all the all the bands that were on there, like bands that were absolutely left in the '90s. You know, like yeah. Tripping Daisy and Elastica. But I love, I love Elastica a no, lot. But they're they're quality bands. They're they bands really that are. Shouldn't have been left in the '90s. I because know they're so good. But now it's like you know, Letters of Cleo was on there, and they're just uh, a punchline when uh, Ben wears their T-shirt to show that he's depressed That's, on Parks and Rec. Yeah. <laughs> so well, like. I, I want to say that I think we could go on and on about soundtracks, but can we all agree that the 90s maybe had some of the best? Oh, 100%. Dude, I mean, reality bites. Like, like and, and obviously you have, like, the strong ones from the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, American Graffiti, uh, Saturday Night Fever, not to double up on the John Travolta, but Urban Cowboy from the early 80s mm-hmm. is absolutely one of the, like— greatest soundtracks and a lot of them are like multi-platinum as well Mm -hmm. so they're significant and you know for a reason and historical but the 90s just captured that time from hackers is another good one Um, but even the crow 2 has a killer soundtrack Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna throw this one out because maybe not a lot of people are familiar with this one basketball diaries yep the movie itself is about jim carroll punk rock poet and his experience growing up in uh, New York City in the 70s and just how raunchy it was. Also, he was a Catholic schoolboy, so there was abuse and all of that is tackled. Um, So, but on that soundtrack, not only is like Pearl Jam minus Eddie Vedder, the backing band for him when he re-recorded his songs like Catholic Boy, um, but Soundgarden is on it, uh, Flea Solo, Um, and then you throw in Jim Carroll doing his like poetry reading between songs mm-hmm. himself. 
it's a super like thought out soundtrack for sure. And Leonardo DiCaprio is the star of Basketball Diaries. He plays Jim Carroll. So it's just super significant. If you haven't seen it, definitely see it, but prepare yourself because it's dark. <laughs> it's super dark. <laughs> Can I throw out another one? Yeah. Yes. Quick? I was saying, um, let's get our last thoughts okay, in here. Okay. I have um, a few ready. I, uh, that thing you do. Because uh, that one was, yes. that's an interesting one because all the songs were are by fake bands that were written for the the Oneaters. The, mov- the movie, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Not it for was Fountains of Wayne that, like, that wrote the actual song that thing you do oh, um, no I don't kidding. know if they wrote all of them it was the band or it was um, what's his name I thought or was it like the band was oh, the band well I, I don't know maybe it's curious. just uh, yeah I, find that out that I'm, I'm like, assign you some homework okay <laughs> um We'll record but, a little bit more later next week. Yeah, I'll, so let we'll you, I'll fill you in. Cut that part of me putting you to the test. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that soundtrack is so good because it's like, yeah, five songs by the Wonders that they perform in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then the rest are like the songs that they wrote for the other fake artists in that movie. Like, um, oh, yeah. Freddie Fred- Fredrickson, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, or the Chantrelees. Is that. Oh, the Chantrells? Is I've the Chantrelles? I've only seen that movie like one oh, time. Wild. So I'm, I'm Captain super- Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Uh, is <laughs> like that whole soundtrack is great because it's just all the songs that, from that, just that movie. Is Liv that, Tyler in that movie? Yeah. Yes. I think so that was good. one of her first major movie roles, too. What about Empire Records? A touche. My, all right, well. We shut your ass down. I've never even, I've, I'm one I, of the few I people in radio that's... I was trying to transition and you I just know. like... I'm one of the few people that's in, in radio that's never seen Empire Records, so I'll shut up and you, yeah, you tell me, tell us about. What? I know. I everyone talks about Rex Manning Day, and I never get the reference, but one of these days. I'm sorry. I I'm it. just totally. Oh, we just derailed. Empire Records is like right up your alley. I know. What in the hell? I, I haven't seen any movie ever, and I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. um... I will say this. I want to know, um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, like, um, what are some that we missed? I know there's thousands and yep. thousands that uh. we missed, but uh, be sure to hit us up, comment, of course, share this podcast, and uh, contact us. Yeah, everything is located below, so you can reach us in socials, DM us, all of that. Real fast, before we go, John Carpenter, John oh. Carpenter scores, and... Angelo Badalamenti's work on Twin Peaks, which is not a movie. There was a movie later, which honestly is a really great soundtrack. Firewalk oh, with me. Okay, and with that, but that's um, all I'm going to say about it. The um, uh, so top good. directors that uh, you know do mm-hmm. well with soundtracks, obviously David Lynch, David Lynch, Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese. Yep. I would also throw out Quentin Tarantino, yep. um, and also Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Don't fight me on this. Okay. Adam Sandler is captures. Um, emotions with his soundtracks because he uses a lot of classic rock songs. True enough. Um, but wedding, the wedding singer yeah. is a hundred percent excellent soundtrack. So Dumb and, and Dumber really, soundtrack is great too. Uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's got right, a lot of dumb right. songs. But <laughs> doesn't have the crash test dummies it on does. it? They yes. do. The, mm, yeah, yeah it does. I remember that scene when you said John Carpenter. And Jimmy says, "I laugh because he." 
I can't believe we went that whole time without you talking about John Carpenter. <laughs> know, I'm wearing like, a John Carpenter so, shirt right he's been now. Ready for three days to, to <laughs> been, unload. I've been playing the Halloween soundtrack the whole time and creeping people we out. Just to ready to go. We'll have to do a part two because now we they're all coming. To me. Go there. Yeah, we'll do Halloween part two. Yeah. All right. Um, awesome. All right. Music in motion. Uh, movie soundtrack edition. Cut. Thanks for listening to Music in Motion. In this series, we'll cover how music moves us, influences us, and changes us. Past, present, and future. We hope you take this ride with us. 